Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So this past weekend was a very exciting one in Charlottesville, Virginia. We welcomed a new class of Executive Format students, our class of 2021, to grounds for the start of Orientation and Leadership Residency 1, what's more commonly known as LR1 around these parts. The class of 2021 is a historic class at the Darden School. They are, in fact, the largest executive MBA program class ever with 139 students. If you're interested in getting to know this class a little bit better, don't worry. The Exec MBA podcast has you covered. We'll be featuring interviews with members of our class of 2021 throughout the coming weeks and months. So as always, stay tuned. This week is exciting for another reason. And that is because our new Executive MBA application launches this week. So if you are interested in joining our Executive MBA class of 2022, that would be the class that starts August 2020. The application is now live. My colleague Catherine Alford and I sat down uh, to discuss the new application, uh, what's changed, uh, what the material requirements are, tips and insights for applicants. So if you're planning to apply this year, This episode is a must-listen. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my admissions colleague, Catherine Alford. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brett. It's great to be here. All right. So we're here to talk about the Executive MBA application launch. Uh, That would be for our class of 2022, uh, the class that starts August 2020. Uh, But before we do that, um, you are a repeat guest here on the Executive MBA podcast. You've now been on twice Um, But for our listeners who may be newer to the podcast, uh, tell us a little bit more about you. How long have you been at Darden, and uh, what do you enjoy about working with the executive MBA students? Sure. So I've been at the University of Virginia for a pretty long time. Um, I went here for college and for my master's in education. I worked for the office of the Alumni Association at the University of Virginia. And then I've been at Darden now for 10 years. The first seven years of my career were spent working predominantly with the full-time MBA program. And then about three or four years ago, I moved to the Washington, D.C. area and have begun working more with our executive MBA students. I've really enjoyed spending time with Uh, students who are a little bit more seasoned in their careers, who are trying to think through whether or not this type of a degree makes sense for them and their goals. They are juggling a lot of different priorities and competing competing things for their attention. And so I enjoy kind of walking through the journey with them and talking about the degree and helping them think through it being a good fit for them. So we are here to talk about the launch of our Executive MBA application. Um, This is Friday, August 9, when we are recording this. This is the day before orientation uh, for our class of 2021. That class will start Saturday, August 10, and we will launch the application next week. Uh, That would be the week of August 12. All very exciting. It's all coming together here. Uh, we've already released the deadlines um, for for the 2020 cycle. Uh, the first deadline will be September 10. Uh, we will go until potentially as late as June, uh, late June, uh, or until the class fills. Um, when you talk with prospective students, and I know this is something that executive candidates are oftentimes wondering because we essentially do have 10, 11 deadlines, um, How do you encourage them to think through the timing of their application, which deadline may make sense uh, for them? Yeah, so 
We offer a number of different options, and my best advice is to apply when you feel like you are the strongest candidate. It takes different people different amounts of time to gather all of the application materials. You do need to work with a, a recommender, and you are completely out of control in terms of how they quickly they respond to your request for a recommendation letter, and so sometimes your application is waiting for that piece of information. You also might have to take a standardized test score. So there are a lot of different variables at play in terms of the uh, p- pulling your application together. So there's no need to try to rush it. No pressure to get it done earlier rather than later. Just apply when you are able to gather everything and put together your strongest application. Yeah, and if you've looked at our deadlines, you'll notice that we have a target deadline.、Uh, we have a we have a target interview period, a decision release date, and a deposit deadline、uh, for each. Round. It is typically three weeks from deadline to decision release, so it's a quick turnaround.、Uh, one because we want to make sure、uh, that you get the information that you need about whether Darden is an option for you as quickly as possible, knowing that you have many different people and stakeholders in your life that are that are potentially planning with you as you as you pursue an MBA.、Um, But also,、uh, there are a lot of things、uh, that you know we want to share with you to help get you ready to start at the Darden School, and so we want you to sort of get oriented on that path as quickly as possible as well. And then, you know, if say you're admitted, you will have about three weeks, generally speaking,、uh, to consider an offer of admission. So, if we used our、uh, our September 10 deadline as an example. Uh, the deadline is September 10.、Uh, we have a target interview period, which is typically about a week long, and, and begins a couple days after the deadline in question.、Um, if you are unable to interview during that period, we can always accommodate you know someone if you need to sort of schedule outside that period. That's okay. That's just intended to give you a target.、Um, we offer. In-person interviews、uh, in Roslyn as well as Charlottesville, and via Skype. So, oftentimes,、uh, Catherine, as you know, candidates will ask,、uh, "Is it is it more advantageous to interview in person?、Uh, how do you how do you answer that question?" I think the advantage to interviewing in person is that you get to see the space where you're going to be spending 21 months working toward your MBA degree. But there is no bias toward those who interview in person. From an admissions perspective, so do what works for you, what works for your family, what works with your job and your schedule. We are very comfortable meeting with people over Skype. We do it all of the time, and we do feel like we get all of the information that we need over Skype as we do in person. Yes,、yeah, the Skype is really a, a convenience thing. We know how busy you are and how many things you're juggling, and you may just not be able to break away from work or, or life to come to the Sands Family Grounds. You may be living somewhere far away、uh, that you know that makes it difficult for you to get to, to Roslyn or Charlottesville for an interview. Um, so again, it's you know choose the option that makes most sense for you. So you'll notice that we have a target interview period and a target decision release date.、Uh, we basically say we'll have all decisions released by that date. We typically do release decisions on the date that's listed on the website.、Um, It's typically the last working day of the month. That you know, so not on the weekend,、um, but we'll go all the way to as close to the end of the month as we can.、Uh, we will call you in advance、uh, of the electronic notification of your decision if you're admitted.、Uh, we do release all decisions electronically, so you'll get an email that says your status has been updated. Please log in to see your updated status. And as we mentioned earlier, if you're admitted, you'll have about three weeks to consider the offer. So things move quickly. Do your research now, and do as much research as you can. So,、uh, Catherine, speaking of doing research,、uh, 
Um, what are some steps? What would you encourage a student to do uh, in order to learn more about DART and learn more about our executive MBA program? Can I put in a plug for, a plug for your podcast, Brett? <laughs> uh, always. We will take a plug on the podcast for the podcast, for sure. I was looking at all of the podcasts that Brett has recorded over the last couple of years, and there are a lot of great stories out there. So I encourage people to listen to the podcast. There are also a number of webinars that we have recorded and are on our website that you can learn about different aspects of the program. We will also be hosting coffee chats, mainly in the Washington, D.C. area, but also in larger cities and around the area. The schedule is going to be rolled out shortly, but not quite ready yet. So be sure to know if we're going to be in your city and are looking to talk to you over coffee. And we also would love for you to come join us for a class visit. Come sit in on the classroom. I always feel like you get to pick up on the energy in the room and the culture when you're seeing it live. And you can begin imagining yourself in the classroom and how you would fit into that environment. And I think that most students, after they visit, feel really energized and excited and motivated for the next steps of the program. You can also schedule a conversation with us on the phone. We try to be as accessible to you as we can be. We will be scheduling dinners in various cities. So I would stay on our website, uh, read our blog and our newsletter, and we will get all of the information out to you on a regular basis as to how you can connect with us. Yeah, no shortage of ways to learn. And as Catherine noted, uh, we are trying to meet you where you are. So if a phone conversation makes most sense for you, great. If you want to meet in person, we have options for that. If you want to come to a larger event, you're not quite ready to do a class visit, you want to come, maybe meet some alumni, meet some current students, maybe participate in a mock case, we do those too. Yeah, if you want to come and have lunch with our current students and sit and observe a class and kind of kick the tires on the academic experience of the program, you have that option as well. And don't think you're limited to one touch point. We know that it's a really big decision to pursue a degree like this. It's a really big investment of your time and resources. And so you might have different questions at different parts in the application process. So feel free to connect with us at a number of different places and a number of different times. Yeah, in fact, that's our strong preference that candidates do that. So many people will start with something sort of introductory, like a phone call um, or an in-person meeting, what we call office hours, and then we'll come to an event and then come back for maybe a networking breakfast or a networking dinner, maybe come for a class visit. And then if you're admitted, we do all sorts of admitted student meetups. I think our favorite, or at least my favorite admitted student meetup is the one that happens towards the end of the summer where we all go to Nats Park. Uh, We had over 50 students at it uh, this coming this past year. So um, many, many opportunities to engage with us. And, and hopefully you'll take advantage of more than one of the, those. Um, you know, the class visits, I think, are always uh, – it's a great way to set a baseline for programs that you may be considering uh, because – the cultural differences of the programs are on display, uh, both from a pedagogical standpoint, but also an interpersonal standpoint because of how students engage with each other. Um, so if someone comes for a class visit, you know, how would you encourage someone to think about making the most of that time, Catherine? Sure. So if you come for a class visit, you will be matched with a current student in the program who will be your host. So they will take you to the classroom, they will um, introduce you to the professor, and then heads up, you're going to be asked to introduce yourself to the class. And so you might have to give a fun fact and tell everyone where you live and where you work. And they are curious to know who is in the room and they want to know you too. So sit in on the class, watch the way the faculty member engages with the students, watch the way the 
students engage with one another, pay attention to the laughter and the silent pauses, and really get a good feel for what learning at Darden is like. Then, following the class visit, there's usually a break、uh, where you can mingle with other with current students, ask them why they chose to do their degree, ask them why they chose Darden, ask them what they love about Darden. Ask them what they wish they could change about Darden. They are there to be resources for you, and they will be really honest with you. And then students who are there around lunchtime are always invited to join our students for lunch to continue the conversation. Yeah, it's yet another networking opportunity, and we encourage you to meet as many people as you can as you go through this process. Obviously, everybody's got a lot of opinions about different things, and this is ultimately your decision at the end of the day. But these are all data points that could ultimately be helpful to you as you as you find the program、uh, that w- that's going to be best for you.、Um, that's obviously a highly subjective thing.、Um, but come come engage with us, get to know us, give us an opportunity to get to know you, and、uh, we're pretty confident that you'll you'll ultimately. Arrive at the right right decision point for you. And this kind of goes without saying, but the classes are offered on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So do know that as you're planning and thinking about maybe attending a class, it will be over the weekend, which should be easier for your schedule. That's right. And、uh, we're in Roslyn,、uh, which for some of you,、uh, if you are not that familiar with the DC area, you may be wondering where is Roslyn, which we totally understand.、Uh, it is probably. Uh, most well known for having, having a metro stop there. We are we are basically two blocks from the Roslyn Metro.、Uh, if you're thinking about traveling to the Washington D.C. area to sit in on a class, super easy、uh, to get to Roslyn, which is located in Arlington, Virginia. We are five miles from D.C.A.、Uh, that would be about five metro stops、uh, from D.C.A. or about a ten minute or so. Uber ride. If you're thinking about taking the train, maybe you're coming from Philly、uh, or New York.、Um, It's about five miles from Union Station to to Roslyn, accessible obviously as previously mentioned by Metro or Uber.、Um, very convenient location, as as we like to joke.、Uh, we are as close to DC as you possibly could be, and still be in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So, right at the Key Bridge.、Uh, if we were any closer, we'd probably be in the Potomac. So, and that's true. Sometimes I feel like we are. Perhaps on the runway at Reagan Airport <laughs> because of the number of JetBlue and American and United Airways airplanes that are flying right past our windows. That's right. So,、um, joked、uh, recording a podcast with a couple of our、uh, 2020 students.、Uh, we were sitting in a learning team room, and yes, you can see Reagan from from our building. So.、Um, Let's talk a little bit more about the application requirements. I know many of our listeners may be wondering what's required.、Uh, some big news, or at least for us, big news. I don't, I don't know if this really rates in terms of the world of news, but one of the bigger pieces of news for this this cycle is that we're only requiring one recommendation,、um, as opposed to what we've done in the past, which was require two recommendations.、Um, I can give my thoughts on why we sort of shifted to one recommendation. I'm, I'm curious how you're thinking about this, Catherine.、Um, I personally felt, you know, having looked at applications now for, now for several years, with two recommendations, kind of we're hearing the same thing.、Um, we know that's the slowest part of the application process、um, because, of course, your recommenders are all really busy people.、Uh, we do require a company support letter for matriculants, and so it felt like、uh, between one recommendation and a company support letter, we should have pretty good impression on who somebody is. 
Um, how are you thinking about it? You know, prospective student ask, why one recommendation? Yes, it's, it's interesting to see the way that supervisors who are writing the company support letter will use that letter as an opportunity to endorse the student's candidacy. So it did feel like we were getting, in a way, three different letters of recommendation, and it just seemed like we didn't need that much. And so it's much easier on our applicants to be able to have that conversation about recommendation letters with just one supervisor or colleague or client, depending on the selection, and go from there. So let's talk a little bit about you know, sort of navigating the recommendation process um, before we go on to the other application requirements. So our recommendation process is completely electronic. It's not actually a recommendation letter. Uh, it is a ratings grid where your recommender will rate you across several different dimensions and then answer really three questions. Uh, these materials are sent to your recommender electronically via email, uh, so make sure to check in with your recommender a day or two after you have the materials sent to them. You put in their contact information in our system, they receive an automatic email. So check in, make sure they got that email. And the questions are really fairly basic. How do you know the applicant? How does the applicant compare to his or her peers? And what's one piece of feedback uh, you share with the applicant? Uh, you might uh, have some thoughts as to who can best answer those questions. Um, that's great. Uh, we really defer to candidates as to who you think might make the best recommender, but we also provide some general advice if you're wondering where to start. Catherine, what do you typically recommend uh, to candidates as they think about who might be a good recommender, particularly for executive format candidates? Yeah, so Brett laid out the questions that are asked. Some of the grid questions are more in line with your strategic orientation, your leadership potential, uh, your trustworthiness your respect for other people. I kind of like to think of it as how well do you play in the sandbox? And so you're looking for someone who can speak to uh, your ability to play well on a team. And so when you're thinking about recommenders, think about someone who's worked with you closely, who's seen your quality of work and who can speak to that. Schedule a meeting with them and ask them if they can write you a positive recommendation letter, share with them your desire to pursue the degree, let them know why you're doing it, why you've chosen the schools that you've chosen to apply to, and bring along your resume where they can see so that they can see your accomplishments and what you have chosen to highlight about your own experiences. The more time you can give them to write the recommendation letter, the better. And I always would make sure that you let them know you'll check in with them before the deadline to see how it's coming along so that when it's a week out and you know they haven't submitted, you don't feel like you're pestering them by reaching out again. You're just kind of following up on your word. As you said, you would follow up right before the deadline to see how they're how it's coming along. Yeah, we do find that most recommenders are deadline-oriented, so it's good for them to know uh, when when they have to submit the materials. And generally, I mean, we can be a little bit of flex, little bit flexible. Um, you know, if your recommender needs a few more days to get that recommendation in, uh, but we ask that you just stay in touch with us as you're as you're putting putting your application materials together. Um, if there's a part that you know is taking a little bit longer, whether you need an extra day or two to finish up your your short answer questions, or your recommender needs a little bit more time, just let us know. We're happy to accommodate you. Uh, You'll hear repeatedly on our App Tips webinars and other settings that our goal is to include you in a round, if at all possible, because that means you get a decision uh, you know, that much earlier. You'll have an opportunity to potentially consider Darden that much earlier um, and to join our class that much earlier. So that, that is where our, 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 heart, uh, our thinking is as, as, we, as we approach sort of helping you navigate uh, the application process. So stay in touch with us. We're here as a resource. 
All right, so we talked about recommendations. The other thing that I think people ask the most about are standardized tests. Mm-hmm. And we, um, I would say, not necessarily that things are a little bit more complicated on the executive MBA side. There's just a lot more nuance. Uh, so let me try to do a high-level overview, and then maybe we can talk a little bit more uh, about a few things. So uh, we do have a standardized test requirement in the ex- executive MBA application process. But there are a few caveats to that. Uh, We accept the executive assessment, the GMAT, the GRE, the MCAT, and the LSAT. So if you have a valid test score, current test score for any of those tests, you may go ahead and apply with that test score. We have a few instances in which we will waive our standardized test requirement altogether. So, uh, for example, if you have a master's or advanced degree in a quantitative or analytical discipline. If you have a professional certification in a quantitative or analytical discipline, uh, for example, CPA or CFA, uh, we have weighed for those in the past. We will also accept an older or expired test score. Uh, the, The sort of Nuance here, though, is if you want to apply with an older or expired uh, GMAT or GRE score, you will need to have the score breakdown. Um, So it's not the sort of situation where you can just say, oh, well, I took it before. You actually do need to have have the test information uh, there. If you have any questions at all, this is a great opportunity to reach out, schedule a conversation. I always tell people, Why not just start with a standardized test waiver request just so you have some clarity on whether you need to take a test at all? Uh, No harm in submitting that. Catherine, where where do you tell people to start as they sort of think about this part of their application? If they do not have a current test score but they do have a lot of quantitative work, I would say go ahead and request the waiver. But don't worry. If you do not qualify for a waiver... There is a new exam that might be more attractive to you. Do you want to talk about the executive assessment? I always want to talk about the executive assessment. Okay. So the executive assessment is a test that we've been taking at Darden for about three years now. And unlike the GMAT or GRE, which require about 125 hours of preparation time, the executive assessment takes about 15 to 20 hours of time to prepare for, which is actually really similar to the amount of time you would be spending as a student in the MBA program at Darden working on your cases. So it's a great way to see what is it like to spend 15 to 20 hours working towards some sort of academic endeavor. You can learn while preparing for the executive assessment. Uh, it's a 90-minute test, and it, it has a 40 questions for you to ask. It was designed with working professionals in mind. And the scores that we receive typically range between a 140 and a 160, with our average being around a 152. What else would you add, Brett? Yeah, I would say we've actually seen some scores in the 160s, even above 160 recently. And, you know, I think part of that is there's now more materials to prepare with uh, or prepare from uh, than there was previously. You know, when the test first launched, there was a pretty slim universe of things to study from. And so, you know, candidates were largely working all from the same materials. Now there's more practice tests, more practice questions. And so we are seeing that students are studying a little bit more uh, for it than they were, say, a year or two ago. Um, but still coming in right around that sort of 20-hour average. And, and I do think it's a, it's a good opportunity. So if you end up you know, studying for taking the executive assessment, it's just another opportunity for you to ask yourself along this journey, 
Is this something that I'm serious about? Is this something I'm committed to? If you're having a hard time finding time to study for the executive assessment, uh, prepare for a standardized test, uh, it could be more challenging for you to find time and prioritize you know, an MBA. Uh, so it's a good way for you to sort of, again, litmus test this idea of going back to school, studying again. You will have exams in our program. You will have homework. You will have reading to do. You're going to have to carve that time out. Um, and obviously, you know, this is just one way of sort of investigating that. But we think executive assessment, considering the fact that it was designed in consultation with top executive MBA programs with executive format applicants in mind, um, it's not the 60-plus hours of the GMAT, TRE. It is, it is much closer in terms of 20 hours of prep. Um, this is the right test for this population. So unless you've made significant plans to take the GMAT or GRE or you feel like either one of those tests is the best test for you given sort of your application plans, you know, other schools you may be considering, we really would encourage you strongly uh, to consider the executive assessment. We view all of these tests equivalently. And, uh, again, we've had really good success with the EA, as it's more colloquially known, here at Darden, and really positive feedback from our students who've applied. Um, so if you have any test questions at all, uh, feel free to send us an email. We can all be, always be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C-M-B-A at darden.virginia.edu. Um, we also have resources about the executive assessment. We've got a webinar out there that I did with Eric Chambers uh, from last year. We also have a podcast episode with Manish Daria uh, here on the Exec MBA podcast all about the executive assessment, why it was developed, how it was developed, um, and how it's going. It's now accepted by over 50 schools, uh, not just executive MBA programs, uh, some, some professional MBA programs as well, other master's degrees, and over 113 different programs, I think, at last count. So um, obviously some schools using it across multiple programs. But I think that tells you a little bit about you know, sort of our enthusiasm for the test. I mean, we look at candidates who are you know, five years into their career, some who are 30-plus years, it's really helpful to have a baseline, um, some common piece of information, and, and really do think that this is the right test for this population. So we've talked about, you know, sort of two of the more time-intensive parts of the application process, finding a recommender and a recommendation uh, standardized test. That brings us really to the short answer questions, I guess. You also talked about potentially being time-intensive um, you ask a few questions rather than one long essay. Do you want to sort of talk about why we might do that? What's sort of helpful about having multiple short answer questions? Yes. I do think that the essays can sometimes be one of the most overthought areas of the application. They are not meant to stump you or trick you. They are just really trying to get at some specific pieces of information. This year at Darden, we decided to go with a smaller number of a shorter question so that we could get to know more aspects of who you are. And so we think that all four of our questions are addressing different parts of your candidacy and trying to get to know different parts of you. We understand there are probably five zillion other parts of your of who you are that are not asked about in the application. But don't worry, there is an interview later in the process. So another opportunity to share things that you think we need to know about you that are not covered in the application. But basically, we're wanting to know a little bit about what you would want your learning team to know about you. If you've spent much time getting to know Darden, you know that we are heavily um, based on teamwork and collaboration and students helping one another out. And so we're asking you that question to kind of get a feel for what you feel you will 
bring to the table, what you will add to the equation, how you're going to help those around you, both personally and professionally. We're also looking for your purpose. Um, what has been driving you and how have you made an impact um, in that way in your past? So we will ask you to talk a little bit about how you've made a meaningful impact. Don't overthink that one. Um, think about what impact means to you. It might mean differently, something different to you than it does to other people. Again, it is not meant to stump you. It's something that you're proud of, something, an accomplishment that you have that you want to share with other people. Another question is going to be more related to diversity and inclusion. We give you a link to our, uh, our vision statement in that regard and ask you to read through it and then talk about um, a time in which you engaged with the perspective, identity, community, or experience that was different than your own, and then how it impacted your worldview. Because the reality is, is as admissions officers, we are trying to bring in a diverse group of students who come from really different backgrounds and perspectives. We think that's the best way to learn about the world around you. And so we want to admit students who are excited about being in that type of incubator, in that type of environment, who are um, eager and open to learning from different perspectives. And then, of course, lastly, we do want to know why you're interested in an MBA. What is your goal? What do you want to get out of the program? Yeah, I think about um, think about all those questions. And, you know, to be clear, none of them require more than 200 word responses. It's probably one of the one of the sort of manageable manageable aspects of it. You know, we're not asking you for a thousand words. You probably could write a lot about some of those questions. Probably also one of the challenges is that you have to figure out how to say what you want to say in, in less than 200 words, in some cases less than 100 or 80 words. Um, so, you know, give yourself some time with these. I, I think, you know, maybe your first idea is the best idea or maybe it's not. So, you know, pre-write, do some brainstorming, write something, go away from, a while, from it for a while, come back to it. Maybe you have a friend, uh, spouse, partner, somebody who knows you really well, read it, say, hey, does this sound like me? Is, is this sort of registering as, as authentic to who I am? I think authenticity is probably the, the big watchword here. Uh, don't think about us so much. Uh, think about what you are trying to talk about, you know, uh, when it comes to sharing who you are and what you really want to advance from a narrative standpoint. Uh, this is really the first part, uh, first time in the application where we get to hear your voice and your perspective. And, and that's a tremendous opportunity. And, and again, as Catherine notes, this is really just an introduction. The application uh, is, is here to help us sort of get an initial read on who you might be in our classroom and community and sort of answer the question of like, is this a person we want to talk to more? If so, you know, we'll invite you for an interview. And that'll be a chance to tell in a more comprehensive way. Uh, your story. Uh, you may may know this, and I think this is maybe a natural place to segue to a little a little bit out of out of sequence. But we do have a required interview for anyone that we are we are considering seeing an offer of admission to. As we mentioned at the outset, you know these interviews are offered both in person in Roslyn and sometimes Charlottesville, as well as via Skype. Um, our interviews may be a little bit different than what you are experiencing at other schools. Uh, they are blind and they are very conversational in nature. What do you mean when you say blind? Do you mean you can only see a resume? Oh, that's a great question. This is, I would say we just did a, uh, we did, Donna Clark and I did a webinar for our full-time MBA students, uh, full-time MBA applicants 
uh, not so long ago, we got about four or five questions about what blind means. And it means that your recommender, I mean, sorry, your interviewer has not read your application, does not have questions prepared based on the application, has not read your resume, uh, has not really reviewed anything uh, to prepare for that conversation. They are hearing your story for the first time. Is that what it means to you, Catherine? I think it means... I know your first name and your last name, and that's it. So I am a blank slate. And that's really, that may be surprising to you out there to hear that that's our approach, but that is such a great, great opportunity for your interviewer to hear anew, for the first time, your story. And this is a conversation you should be expecting to drive uh, and to really, there may be some general questions, sort of a structure um, around who are you, sort of your background personally, professionally, educationally, uh, why you want to get an MBA, why you want to come to Darden, you know, what your goals are post-MBA. Those are all good things for you to be thinking about and thinking about your story. Um, But this is a conversation you should expect to come in and talk quite a bit about yourself. Uh, These are 35-minute, 40-minute conversations. You want to leave some time uh, for questions. So practice. Can't stress that enough. I think sometimes people hear conversational and it's just like you're just sit around and rap. And it's not quite how it is. You want to come in and know the story that you want to tell and to be mindful of the time limits. You also, you don't want it to be a little bit of, maybe you don't want to be too short. You don't want to be too long. You really want to hit that sort of, that sweet spot. And it's, it's just very rare in real life to come across someone who's going to spend 45 minutes with you listening to you talk about yourself. So it's not something you have spent a lot of practice, had a lot of practice doing. And so if you can spend a little bit of time before your interview practicing talking about your own narrative, your own story, who you are, um, where you come from, how you have made the decisions that you've made in your life. When we do finish the interview, we will go back and look at your resume and your application, and we will have a lot of information about what you have done, who you have worked for, what your accomplishments have been. But what we do not have is the rationale behind all of the decisions that they that you have made and what you've learned from each of these experiences. And so we are looking for some of those softer uh skills and accomplishments to come out in your interview. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think we all really enjoy that part of the application process. It's like, it's re- we, the reason any of us get into this business is because we, we love people. We love spending time with people, hearing their stories, helping them think about, is this school the right fit? Uh, is this the right step in your career um, at this time? And so the interview is probably the, the most fun uh, part of the application process for us, hopefully for you too. Um, you know, so, so embrace it, make the most of it. And again, it's an additional touch point for you. It's another, another way of sort of getting a feel for the culture of the place, asking questions, you know, getting the information that you need. Uh, so, you know, be information oriented throughout this process. Every, every interaction you have with a school, whether it's a phone call, an email, interview, class visit, whatever it may be, opportunity for you to gather more information so you can make the best decision for yourself. I do have one tip for the interview. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, it's an opportunity for you to get to learn more about us and for us to get to learn more about your interest in the program. And so I encourage you to spend some time, and you probably are if you're actually listening to this podcast, but spend some time getting to know Darden. We're really proud of our school. We're really proud of the program that we offer and deliver. And so we want to hear from you why you're excited about the program. Yes, we have a strong brand. We have a beautiful facility and a convenient location for many people. But try to go beyond that. What else excites you about the Darden MBA? 
So we've talked about recommendations, standardized tests. We've talked about short answer questions, interview. We have an application that has some basic information about you. Uh, We're going to ask about your employment information there as well as requiring you to upload a resume. Uh, I'm not a huge stickler on the length of a resume. You know, different programs, you know, vary on this. Um, For most exec candidates, if you've worked for, you know, 10 plus years, a couple pages, two, three pages, that's that's fine. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, if it's starting to get over 10, 15, 20, maybe, maybe you want to do some editing there. Uh, but typically a couple pages, two, three pages resume is fine. Uh, we do call, require transcripts for all degree-related coursework. Um, unofficial transcripts are fine for the purposes of our application process. If you're curious about what makes a transcript unofficial, that's a transcript that's been issued directly to you uh, by the institution. And official transcript is a transcript that is uh, issued by your uh, institution directly to us, uh, so without being given to you and then to us. So uh, unofficial transcripts are fine for the purposes of our application process. For many people, that's just a PDF uh, that you upload directly at the time of applying. A pretty basic application process, I think. Um, And, you know, if you're wondering sort of how you juggle all this and working, I think you can easily knock out, you know, pretty much the application, your portion of the application, uh, in a weekend. Don't you think, Catherine? I should hope it wouldn't take much longer than that. I mean, I think that for the basic parts of the application, it should take about three hours. I think what's going to take a little bit longer is a standardized test and the letter of recommendation portion yeah, and at, as we noted, as we were talking about the standardized test, um, you know, you can always start with a waiver request. Give us a call. Send us an email if you have any questions about that. You can find a link to the test waiver request form directly from the application itself, also on our website. You don't have to apply to be considered for a test waiver. Uh, you can start there. I want to emphasize that. You get that question a lot from prospective students. And again, uh, hopefully as, as hopefully as is clear from this uh, podcast, we are here as a resource for you. We will do application tips webinars all, all throughout uh, the cycle, a chance for you to come, learn a little bit more, ask any questions you might have. Um, but obviously, you know, we have a great passion for this this particular population working with executive MBA students, and um, we're excited to, to get this new application cycle started. So, Catherine, question. What's your top application tip? Ooh. Well, I have one more tip. Okay, this yeah. might be the opportunity for yeah. you to share that. Yeah. There is a part on the application that is known as the additional comments section. It's not really an essay. It's an opportunity for you to share with us anything that you think we should know about your candidacy. And I would say the most common reason that people use that space is to share any gaps in their work experience, any grades that they consider outliers or not reflective of their academic ability. Perhaps there was something happening in their life that was a circumstance that you cannot tell from the transcript. So use the additional comment section to share anything that might raise a question mark in a reviewer's mind. Um, and anything that you will feel more comfortable if we know. Yeah, the tip that I would share um, is to really think about your story. Um, This is all about the narrative that you are advancing, um, about who you are and why you want to do this particular thing. 
uh, both uh, in our interactions with you, uh, whether that's you know, phone conversation, office hour, you know, class visits, as we get to know you. Uh, these are things that are always on our mind. Um, also, in your application itself, as we mentioned, the application is really more of an introduction as well, sort of answering some of these questions. The interview is going to be a chance for you to really sit down and comprehensively tell that story. Again, sort of what's your background personally, professionally, educationally? Uh, why do you want to get an MBA? Why do you want to come to Darden? What, what are your goals post-MBA? So the more you can think about those questions, the more introspective you can be, the more you can focus on that narrative, the stronger your application will be. And I think the more resolute you will feel in your decision to pursue uh, this particular degree and potentially at, at this particular school. Um, so you know, think about that. Invest some time there. I think that would be time well spent. Well, Catherine, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking time out of out of a busy Friday to be here. It's always great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always nice to chat with you. And that was my conversation with my admissions colleague, Catherine Offer. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec. That's E-X-E-C, MBA at Darden.Virginia.edu. Till next time. Thanks for listening.